And here we go. Here we go. On this Monday, it is the last day of October, also known as Halloween. 2022, you are in the midst of Real Talk Memphis, 6 o'clock straight up on this uh, Monday evening. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. So happy to have you with us uh, on uh, this Halloween holiday. I had actually saw a few folks uh, as I was pulling in here to the studio uh, dressed up in, 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 in costumes and things like that. I will admit, uh, I'm in costume tonight. I came as a black man. Now, 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 for most of you, I know that comes as a bit of a shock uh, because you know I don't I don't sound you know ethnic, but <laughs> let me stop. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you are going to be participating in the Halloween holiday tonight, um, please be careful uh, out there. Please be careful on the streets, walking around out there. If uh, you're taking the babies out, make sure you are keeping a good close eye on them. Uh, as they go from house to house, making sure that everybody is safe. All our little ghouls and goblins are going to be safe. And when they get home, monitor the candy. You know, they're going to get, you know, because kids are already uh, overactive enough. Uh, not to add a little sugar to the mix, it makes them even crazier. So, uh, having said that, uh, enjoy yourself if you're going out and about. I know a lot of folks uh, had parties and things last night uh, uh, to celebrate all of this. Uh, but, uh as, as I digress and as we move forward uh, to this night, we have a good show for you tonight. You know, we do a little show here called Real Talk Memphis from 6 to 7 p.m. And if you're wondering how you can get this fine piece of radio broadcasting well, uh, you can catch us on 91.7 WYXR on your FM dial live. You can also catch us on the TuneIn app right now. Put in WYXR in the search and hit play and you should be able to catch us. We are also uh, on Facebook Live and uh, you can you can check us out uh, this evening as well. Uh, we will be on YouTube uh, sometime tomorrow after the show post and uh, as we are a podcast, uh, when the show does post tomorrow afternoon, you can catch us wherever it is you get your podcast. You good? You feel good about it? How's everybody feeling tonight? You know, we we had a, I was a little down and out last week. I had a little upper respiratory illness that really kind of knocked me on my tail. Uh, feeling better today, still dealing with some of the remnants. However, uh, still feeling uh, a lot better than I, than I did before. Uh, a lot of folks are dealing with uh, uh, issues of uh, the flu. Uh, and this RSV, which attacks young children ages two and under, uh, the flu has started with a vengeance. And um, <clears throat> folks in the CDC and a lot of other health officials are saying that uh, uh, it's as bad as we've seen it at this early a period of time uh, as it has been in the last decade. Now, I'm telling you, uh, you might go out and get that flu shot. I think it would be a good thing for you to do. Um it doesn't keep you from getting the flu, no, but it could keep you from being, you know, critically ill, uh, you know, maybe in the hospital even. So with that and COVID still around and RSV, there's a lot of stuff to deal with. And then the, the weather is, you know, kind of up and kind of down. Uh, today, I think we may touch 70 this afternoon. But the next uh, few days, we're going to see a warming trend, and I think Temperatures are going to be in the mid-70s in the next couple of days as as well. We have a good show for you tonight, or at least that is my hope for you. Uh, we have uh, 
uh, a variety of things to talk about. First, uh, we're going to talk about the big election that is coming up on November 8th. And uh, in doing so, uh, we're going to speak with uh, Linda Phillips. Uh, she is the election commissioner of Shelby County. They got some new uh, uh, voting machines here recently. And uh, find out how things are working out so far, uh, what the numbers are, uh, you know, in terms of uh, this uh, midterm election cycle and how things are going, generally speaking, and what we can expect on Election Day, which is next Tuesday. Early voting ends this week uh, as well. So if you haven't gotten a chance to get out and vote, well, you know what? Take that chance. Take that opportunity to get out and vote. Uh, you know, express yourself at the polls like we all have a right to do. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit. I don't know how many of you have heard about uh, this amendment uh, on the ballot. Uh, it is uh, called uh, uh, Proposition 3, I think it is. And basically what it is is um, there has been a note on uh, the Tennessee Constitution forever that says uh, that, you know, that, that still makes a reference to slavery. Now, I know it hasn't been an issue for quite some time, and no, it's not an issue now, but uh, we're going to have a conversation about that. Basically, there is a, a movement afoot to remove any uh, references to slavery or indentured servitude off of the Tennessee Constitution. We're going to talk to uh, Representative Joe Towns and Kathy Chambers about that. And, of course, an old friend uh, is returning to the Bluff City after a 10-plus year absence. What is that? It is the 114th edition of the Holy Convocation, a.k.a. COVID. Uh, COVID, COVID, my God. Uh, I knew I was going to do that, too. Kojic, the Kojic Convocation, 114th edition, will be back here, um, and it will be here starting next week. Uh, they're expecting thousands of saints to come in from all across the country. They'll be here for about uh, seven days. And we're going to talk a little bit about all of that uh, with uh, Bishop Brandon Porter from Greater Community Temple. He's also a general board member of Kojic and one of the driving forces trying to get this back in our city. Uh, as I said, we've said it's been uh, well over 10 years. They were supposed to come back uh, last year from... Um, uh, from uh, St. Louis, uh, but uh, COVID reared its ugly head, and uh, it was best advised not to come. All right, so that's a, that, that's the lineup for tonight. If everything goes as planned, uh, we should have a pretty good show. We always take this time to celebrate you. If you had a birthday over the weekend, if you have one today, if you have one this week, you know what? We'll take all comers. Uh, we like to do a birthday shout out on this show better than anybody else in the country. So uh, having said all that, we can't do it until I say, hit it, Lord. All right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Going out to Jerome Robinson. Happy birthday to you. Lynn Sittler. She's the commissioner over the Memphis and and Shelby County Film and Television Commission. Happy birthday to you, man. Paul Morris celebrating today. My old friend, Ed Eccles, a.k.a. The Weatherman, celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday going out to Tiffany Wilson. Laquita Baines is celebrating today, as is Andre Halfpint Lewis. 
Jeffrey Salter celebrating today. Happy birthday to Lynette Hill, to Monica Shepard, Brenda Lee, and Lynn Christensen. So to each and every one of you, a happy birthday. I hope you're celebrating uh, wonderfully. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the part of the time that Lola interrupts me with a birthday. So who you got? T. Alice. Happy birthday to T. Alice. I got. The, I had to get that in because Lola was waving her arms frantically at me. But anyway, congratulations to each and every one of you for your current trip around the sun. We hope to be back with you next year to celebrate another trip around the sun. Happy birthday to each and every one. All right, so as we get into uh, news and notes, uh, notes uh, today, uh, a couple of deaths uh, to reference. Uh, last week, uh, we uh, mourned the passing of State Representative Barbara Cooper. Uh, she uh, died at the age of 93. Of course, she was the longest-serving representative in the state of Tennessee and served all of us very, very well. And uh, it was announced on Friday that uh, the rock and roller, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis uh, left us. Uh, he was 87 years old uh, after an illness. I don't know if you all were following that. Uh, a couple of days before, uh, word had gotten out that he apparently had died, and then apparently he hadn't died. But anyway, we mourn his loss. Um, we all know the great music that he that he made uh, for all of us, made us proud right here in the Mid-South. And I heard some news just a little while ago, and I'm still a little shocked by it. Malvin Massey, Malvin Massey, um, the voice for many years here on local radio, 91.7 WUMR, the jazz station. Uh, He was the program director. He was also an on-air personality over there for many, many years. Um, He mentored so many folks. Uh, He was was big time in this city, and uh, apparently uh, uh, he passed uh, very recently. And Like I said, I literally just heard about it a few minutes ago. But um, so many of you, if you've been in Memphis a while, uh, you know the Jazz Lover Station, and you you listened to him, and you knew who he was. He, Like I said, he was a face and a name and an icon uh, in radio in this town. So, you know, God bless, uh, you know, uh, all of those uh, who have left us, and may their memories be a blessing. I believe that the uh, the visitation for him is tomorrow, and I believe the funeral is on, on Wednesday morning, so you can... You can look up uh, that information and find out if you want to pay uh, your respects uh, to to him. Man, that's a that's that's a big loss. Uh, in news and notes, uh, we had another very active crime weekend in our city. We had six murders uh, in, in a couple of days, including a quadruple shooting, uh, which uh, ended up uh, killing a male uh, and wounding three others. Uh, an 18 year old. Uh, is the one primarily responsible for uh, that. We also had a shooting that killed a 17-year-old girl and wounded a 3-year-old child over the weekend. So it just continues on. Unfortunately, the news uh, just uh, never stops in terms of uh, just the, the escalation of violence in our city and the lack of regard for human life uh, in our city uh, as well. So the big controversy in this town now is about Memphis in May. Well, no, not that Memphis in May is not going to be around because it will. Uh, It was supposed to return back to Tom Lee Park uh, next year, which is under construction currently. Uh, The committee announced, uh, the Memphis in May committee last week announced that uh, they are going back to the park, right? They're going to be back and everything's going to be good. Well, the people that oversee the park, 
uh, and do security and do cleanup and everything else say not so fast. Uh, there has been no contract signed between them and the Memphis and May folks. Uh, they did ask the, the mayor to intervene in this situation, and apparently he did. Uh, but apparently this sounds to me like one of those bargaining tools, you know, to where the Memphis and May committee says, yeah, we're, we're, we're going back. We, we, you know, we're, we're excited. We're happy. We're going back to where home is. Uh, and it sounds like a bargaining, uh, sounds like a bargaining uh, tool to me. You know, if you say that something is happening, the people start to absorb that, and they go, yes, yes, coming back to Tom Lee Park. And then, you know, you almost pressure the other folks into saying, all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll compromise this, this time. Well, again, nothing has been formally, uh, nothing has been formally done in reference to whether or not it will be at Tom Lee Park. My bet, my guess is it will be at some particular point in time, but not right now. Now, as I said earlier, early voting ends this week. The election is November 8th. And, uh, you know, big news, Kojic uh, coming back to the city. Uh, this has been, I don't know, 11 to 12 years from what I was told uh, since the last time they were here. Uh, we're expecting anywhere from 30 to 40,000 saints from all across the country uh, to descend on our city uh, as the week moves forward. And um, uh, the economic uh, benefit could be anywhere about 40, 45, maybe $50 million uh, before it's all said and done. Um, let's, let us let us make a, an, an, an agreement that we're all going to be on our best behavior here, okay? Because um, they left in the first place because they didn't feel like they were being treated properly. They, meaning the organization and a lot of the folks who were in town, you know, there were some issues in terms of all of that. Uh, but we also have folks uh, that live here and work here and, and make their living here. So hopefully the folks uh, coming in town, you know, will do their due diligence to help our folks here uh, on the economic tip as well. We all have to do our part because we want them to uh, be able to uh, stick around and, um, uh, you know, not only have a great experience, uh, so they will come back over and over again. And we will have to deal with this, you know, f- you know, down the road here. OK, so let's all try to do our part. Uh, as I said, I think before, we already know Chair uh, uh, Floyd Bonner is in the mayor's race. Uh, there were some ugly comments made at a first get-together of the Democratic uh, candidates for mayor um, last week uh, from Joe Brown, the former Judge Joe Brown, who made some very sexist comments about women and how he didn't think that uh, there were some issues that one would handle as a mayor that he didn't think that they could handle not 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 good at all not not good at all uh no excuse for that whatsoever um finally of course uh, many of us heard speaker of the house nancy pelosi's husband uh was attacked uh with a hammer by a deranged individual who broke in the house at two o'clock in the morning because he wanted to see uh the speaker and talk to her uh this is clearly about hate and intimidation uh, in the voting and the voting situation across the country, which is becoming rather frightening. But in any event, uh, uh, her husband Paul uh, suffered a uh, you know some issues you know with his skull. He got hit in the hammer. Got hit with a hammer in the head several times. Skull fracture, uh, injuries to his arms and his hands. Uh, they say he's going to be all right. That's a look at news and notes uh, for this Monday evening. Uh, We're going to get on with the show. What do you say? 
When we come back, we are going to uh, talk about the upcoming election with our election commissioner, Linda Phillips. This is Real Talk Memphis for this Monday evening. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, presenting Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Spanning three and a half decades of touring and recording, Big Head Todd and the Monsters is a blues-inspired rock band and has earned endorsements from Robert Plant to the Denver Broncos. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Support for WYXR is made possible by the 16th Annual River Arts Fest, taking place Saturday, October 22nd and Sunday, October 23rd on Riverside Drive in downtown Memphis. Two full days of fine art and music for the whole family. Details available at riverartsmemphis.org. WYXR is supported by GPAC, presenting Charles Lloyd Trio on Friday, November 4th. NEA Jazzmaster and native Memphian Charles Lloyd has a sound that reflects a lifetime of experience. The Memphis Music Hall of Fame inductee will be accompanied by Harish Raghavan and Anthony Wilson. More information at gpacweb.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening. And, of course, uh, many of us know that... Uh, uh, election Day is upon us, or almost upon us. Next week, next Tuesday, will be Election Day uh, in the city and across the country, otherwise known as midterms. Here in Memphis, uh, we recently uh, got some new uh, voting machines, and I uh, wanted to kind of spend a couple of minutes uh, talking about uh, you know, how things are going in terms of that, uh, the numbers for the election, and, 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 and things such as that. So, uh, pleased to have on the show, once again, a, a return visitor, but always a welcome visitor, uh, the election commissioner of Shelby County, Ms. Linda Phillips. And we also have uh, Mr. Ian Randolph of the Voters Alliance. You are folks with me tonight? Yes. Well, Linda, yes, I see. I am, yeah, I see. And uh, you have to excuse me because I'm dry. Okay, okay, all right. Well, very good. Well, thanks for, for, for joining us. And Linda, first, let's, let's start with you. Uh, I guess uh, we're all curious as to finding out how the new uh, election machines are functioning and how glad are you to actually have uh, some new machines? 
Well, we're absolutely delighted that the county commission funded uh, the replacement of its machines, our old machines. They were good, they were reliable, but they were at the end of their life. So we have all new equipment for this election. And what we're hearing from voters is they really, really like it. Well, that's a good that's a good sign right off the top, you know, uh, that, that people are pleased with it. Uh, does it take uh, away uh, any uh, complications? Are you hearing any any complaints about, you know, a difficulty in accessing or or being able to uh, do what needs to be done in terms of voting? No, we're not. I mean, in this election, voters have a choice. They can use the touch goods are similar to what they have used in the past. The difference is that it prints out a list of the people that they voted for or their choices on the amendments. And they can examine that paper trail and then put it in the scanner where it would sit until, you know, if, unless we needed a recount or an audit. Voters also have the choice to select a hand-marked paper ballot, okay. which is like fill in the bubbles from tests you had in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you you take that paper ballot, you look at it, make sure it's what you want, and then you put it in the same scanner. So voters seem to like both methods. I was going to say, I was just getting ready to ask you, I mean, how do they feel about that? They obviously have a choice. And I guess it's, it's, it's all about preference and I guess what folks are more comfortable with, do you think? Yeah, and we don't care. I mean, it gets us exactly the same as <laughs> an audit trail. Um we're, we're very happy with either choice. I would say that the majority of voters, though, are selecting the ballot marking device, maybe because it's more comfortable. I mean, it's very similar to what they've used for the last 15, 20 years here in Shelby County. So, um, Ian, uh, you're part of the Voters Alliance. Can you tell us uh, basically, uh, you know, what what you all do and in, 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 in your role in this election process? Yes, can you hear me okay? I got you now. All right. Well, at the Voter Alliance, we were formed in 2020. Our mission is to increase voter participation and to increase voter uh, education around our elections. So that's basically our role in this. Uh, for clarification, the Shelby County Voter Alliance and the Shelby County Election Commission are two separate entities. Is made up of nonprofits and 501c3s. Uh, currently, we have over 50 organizations that are working to improve turnout with our to start working with the election. We're kind of having a little bit of an issue with you. I, I know you're driving, and I know you're. Spread. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. To help spread the word, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish up what you were going to say. Uh, to help spread the word about the changes to the precincts and the districts that happened after census. And we've also been helping uh, to educate our residents on the new voting machines. And as Linda said, everybody seems happy with them. Uh, I've only had a few reports of people having a problem when they electronic voting machine to vote for someone. So I would encourage your listeners to double check yeah. who you voted for before you turn your paperwork in. So, uh, Linda, in terms of uh, where we are numbers-wise, we all know, and you said it many times on many occasions, that 
Midterms don't generate a lot of energy or excitement, uh, especially here in Memphis and Shelby County. Uh, but there are some amendments and some some other folks, uh, you know, running for election or, and, and for re-election. But basically, the numbers are relatively flat uh, at this particular point in time. Well, they're not as robust as I would hope for. And of course, I go into every election wanting a hundred percent of yeah. all voters to vote. Sure. Um, but you know, there are. You know, in a lot of areas of the community, there's really, you know, the house, Tennessee House race has already been decided because there's no opponent. Right. Uh, and, you know, we don't have a Senate race in this election uh, as, you know, we did in two years ago. So, you know, there's just not a lot of television ad buys uh, that, that, that help, you know, voters remember there's an election. Yeah, and I think that's a very, very important component in, in, in terms of all of this. What are you what are you looking for uh, in terms of uh, numbers on Election Day itself? What do you think? Oh, wow. I've never yet predicted a number that's been close to accurate. But I hope it's <laughs> 30%. I really do. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, there's really not a lot of steam there, and that brings me back to you, Ian. You, you know, you're you're responsible for your your organization is for really kind of galvanizing folks in terms of the importance of of every election that we're dealing with. But but again, uh, is it uh, is it a little bit more challenging because of what Linda said in terms of uh, the number of folks you know on the ballot and and really you know it's a midterm election. Uh, you know, it makes your job a little more challenging. No. Yes, like Linda said, when you have races like some of the races that were decided uh, let me put it last, the ones who won their primary do not have an opponent going into the general election. Mm-hmm. So people in those districts may not have a big incentive to turn out to vote, but I'm encouraging everyone to show up for those ballot amendments. They're very uh, amendment number one speaks to uh, unions and the right to work. Amendment number two talks about the secession if something happens to the governor. Uh, amendment number three deals with uh, slavery verbiage that is still in the Tennessee Constitution. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are really surprised that we still have slavery language in the Constitution. And the last amendment, number four, is basically just a housekeeping uh, amendment. And that deals with priests and ministers being allowed to serve in the state uh, legislature. Hmm. Well, please come out and vote. It's important. It is. It is important. I mean, we all, you know, I mean, there's been a hard fought right to to vote. Uh, And Linda, before I get out of here, I just want to ask you, uh, we have seen and we have heard uh, a lot of conversation across our country, uh, especially during this voting cycle. Uh, a lot of folks are upset. A lot of folks are, are dealing with uh, voter intimidation issues. Uh, you know, we see it on the news every day. Uh, and I don't, I've not heard any issues in reference to that here, but I thought I would ask the person uh, who is in charge uh, of our election cycle, have, have this, have the, has there been any kind of conversation in reference uh, to uh, folks uh, perhaps, uh, you know, in trying to intimidate others uh, in, in, into not voting? I have not heard of any reports like that. Um, you know, a lot of the intimidation you see going on in other states is really related to drop boxes for absentee ballots. Yes. 
Yes. They're not permitted in Tennessee. So, you know, you have to mail your ballot back or send it in by a courier service like FedEx or UPS. Uh, so there's just not the same level of intimidation. And, you know, Indiana, I mean, Tennessee has a hundred foot, you know, campaign free zone out of outside of every early voting location and every polling place. So, you know, campaign workers or people who might want to intimidate are, you know, if they cross that hundred foot line, we'll call the sheriff and have them arrested. Mm. So, so there are precautions in place for, for situations like that. And, you know, again, uh, you know, this is the midterm election and we know there's not a lot of steam behind that. Uh, Ian, uh, one final question for you, uh, as, as time moves forward, uh, I would imagine that a lot of your energy in terms of folks getting out to vote will be geared toward the younger population because they don't seem to be too interested uh, these days right about now. Yes, we do focus on uh, the younger generation. And what we found is if we can catch our young people right after they turn 18, you know, last year of high school, mm-hmm. first year of college, mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20, if we can get them registered to vote and get them to participate in that first election after they've registered, uh, while they may not be super voters, they will have a higher propensity to become lifelong voters. So it's real important that we catch our young people. And you brought up the uh, numbers for the election. And as of this Saturday, we had a little bit over 61,000 people to come out and vote. Okay. Uh, that's low. Yeah. I mean, now, Shelby County has done a good job in voter turnout. When we compare ourselves to the other counties in Tennessee, we have one of the higher voter turnouts in the state, but it's still low. Come on, Shelby County. Come on, Memphis. We can do better than 61,000 people showing up to vote. Let's get out and make it happen uh, at least by November 8th, next Tuesday. Early vote, you can go anywhere and just take your ID with you, and you don't have to go to your assigned precincts to early vote. But Mm -hmm. if you wait until Election Day, you will have to go to your assigned precincts. Well, listen, thank you both for taking some time to come on and talk a little bit about this. Sounds like the process is moving along, but you're right. We need to galvanize folks to get out uh, to the polls. Linda Phillips uh, and uh, Ian Randolph, thank you both for coming on Real Talk tonight. And we hope everything goes smoothly, uh, particularly on Election Day. You all stay safe out there, okay? Well, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you for it. allowing me on your show. Bye-bye. Absolutely, that. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, you heard it. Uh, the numbers are, are pretty low, typical of a midterm election. Sixty-one thousand, Ian said, uh, but there's still time on the early side, and there's also uh, election day, which is Tuesday. So, don't think your vote doesn't mean anything because every vote does. Matter. Thank them both for coming on the show. We're going to go to our next uh, break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the amendments uh, that was alluded to uh, by Ian, uh, which is uh, Amendment 3. What is Amendment 3? Well, if you stick with us, you'll find out. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Is anybody there? Kathy. Hey, Joe is there. Kathy, how are you? We're doing fine. So listen, you two, uh, we are in commercial break. When we come back, we're going to chat a few minutes, okay? So you all just stand by. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center season, presenting the Orchestra Unplugged, Vivaldi, The Four Seasons, on Thursday, November 17th. Robert Moody and members of the Memphis Symphony Orchestra will bring you inside the mind and music of Vivaldi to discover new connections and meanings to this group of four violin concertos. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com. WYXR is supported by Graceland Live, presenting Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's Wild and Swingin' Holiday Party on December 10th. For 29 years, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy has created their own take on American swing and jazz music. Drawing on a catalog of holiday classics and Christmas originals, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy will bring its live holiday show to you. More information at GracelandLive.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Very happy to have you with us tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and I'm very happy to have my next guest. Now, I'll be honest with you, uh, this uh, particular amendment uh, that is on the ballot is something that is surprising to me, and uh, I'm just curious to know, uh, you know, the why and, and how it cropped up and, 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 and why it's a thing now. It's basically uh, an amendment to remove any language pertaining to slavery, uh, that is uh, currently and still on the Tennessee Constitution. So I brought a couple of folks in to kind of talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, Representative Joe Towns uh, is joining me uh, this evening, as well as Kathy Chambers. And they, they are both uh, proponents uh, for this particular amendment. And folks, thank you both for coming on the show to Real Talk. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you as well, Chip. Absolutely for having us and, you know, trying to gain some clarity to something of this magnitude. Now, let me give you a little background, if you don't mind. Chip. Absolutely six not. Years ago, six years ago, I began working on this um, this amendment. Okay. It's been in the Constitution. It's in the U.S. Constitution by way of the 13th Amendment. And people don't uh, think about it after, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. People just take for granted that it actually, nothing of that magnitude would be there. But it, it is there, but it's under certain conditions. Slavery in this country still exists under certain conditions, especially in the state of Tennessee. And the condition is, is that if you are incarcerated, okay? Yeah. Indentured servitude, slavery exists if you're incarcerated. Now, many people uh, have to reckon with the fact that slavery was a system, a subjective system, but primarily people were exploited for their labor. And after the Emancipation Proclamation, the system still decided, how could you take advantage of folk? Well, you put them in jail for vagrancy laws, whatever kind of laws you can come up with, put them in jail, and they still were working for free while they were incarcerated. So you became, you still became, you know, an indentured servant, 
or enslaved while you were in jail. It's in the it's in the the Constitution under the Thirteenth Amendment, and under no circumstances do we need to have anything that resembles one of the most horrible things. I would say, as an African American man, one of the most horrible things that has ever happened to this country was a, uh, the subjection of people, the murder, the the taking of the labor, the enslavement of people in this country. We're oh. still dealing with some of the vestiges of that today. So we need to take it out of our sacred documents. So okay. hence come Amendment Three. Now Amendment Three. Had we passed it six years ago, Tennessee would have been the first state perhaps in the in the country to do it, okay? But it has to go through the process, the technical process, the readings and the votings. But we have an opportunity this Tuesday and early voting mm-hmm. right now right. to take and vote for it, vote yes on Amendment 3, okay? So Now, one other caveat for that is I must say is that in order for that vote to count, you must vote for your choice of governor. Whatever it is, vote for your choice of governor. But you got to vote for your choice of governor. Then you vote yes on Amendment Three to take this uh, hateful clause, overlooked clause, okay. uh, abominable clause out of out of the Constitution. Okay, so that was a well placed and very good explanation for all of this. I guess uh, my question is, and, and and from what I'm to understand, there are five states in total that have this, uh, you know, in their Constitution, and that they're, they're, they're people are going to go to the polls to vote on it one way or the other. Kathy. Um, this is clearly not a, a uh, you know, a, a political issue per se, Democrat, Republican. Uh, this is, a, it sounds like a right versus wrong issue. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out where, where, the, where, the, where did the attention uh, come from uh, about this, this particular year? That, that's what I'm lost on. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people ask that question. Um, what, what's... Okay. The situation is that in 20 states, actually, right now, it still exists in their constitution. Uh-huh. And it still exists, of course, in the U.S. Constitution, as Representative Town said. Um, Colorado, Nebraska, and Utah have removed it from their constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Colorado in 18 and Utah, Nebraska in 2020. So I believe then, I'm not sure how, it, it is interesting with the timing that so many states have it on, but actually a few other states attempted to get it on the ballot this uh, November, and uh, for one reason or another, were not able to get it through their state legislatures. Uh, I think it's that, I mean, as Representative Town said, this has been in the works um, with him for six years, right. and it also started uh, when uh, Reverend Jeannie Alexander uh, who used to work as a chaplain at Riverbend, spoke to one of the inmates who were there. He came into her office and he said, you know, I'm not going to be free even when I am free because this still exists in Tennessee's constitution. And she thought, what? What are you talking about? And this was a decade ago. Mm. And so she's actually been working on this, um, trying to figure out, you know, how to get this on our ballot uh, for about a decade. And then when she started speaking with Representative Towns, it was a match made in heaven as far as he's the perfect person to bring it through the yeah. legislature and Senator Ackberry on the Senate side. Um, and that's how we got here. Now, I'm not sure how the rest of them did, except the idea that yeah. it is more than time in 2022 to have this completely gone from our Constitution and from other states. So let me ask you this, Joe. Um, in, in reference in reference to uh, this uh and and what what Kathy just said, uh, 
Are people paying attention to this? I mean, have you, I, I mean, clearly it's on the ballot, uh, you know, on both sides of the House, and, and it, it's, it's not one of those issues that is a, a Democrat or Republican issue. But are people here starting to focus in on that, or are they asking, like I'm asking, what? why is this being brought up? Well, uh, I mean, you gonna people have a right to ask questions or be inquisitive about anything that's that's out there. You know, there's sure. so many things that that has to compete for their attention. All right, the timing uh, is a question that you you begin to do things when you discover it. Okay, it should have been done a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, whenever it was. Sure. However, sure, it, it was discovered at a certain point in time, and and those around the country, uh, I believe they were taking a lead from Tennessee because, as I said, I started this. This, I initiated this six years ago. At that time, Mayor um, Lee was the was the sponsor on the bill, and from that, there no no one was introduced at that particular point in time. Legislation is good legislation. Travels the country, pe- people pay attention to it. Now, part of being on your program, your show, this is a part of getting the word out. We've done things uh, around across the state, to talk about it, and let me emphasize very emphatically that this particular bill is is a bill that was done by Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. There are only 25 Democrats on the House side. Mm-hmm. The first year I passed it, it was unanimously passed on the on the House side. We can only do it with the help of the Republicans. So you got people like Corker and Faison and other members of the Republican Party that understand and are supporting wholeheartedly to take this out of our Constitution. So, I mean, obviously we should have done it a long time ago, but the time is now, today, right now, this week, and and next Tuesday to vote yes on Amendment 3 and get this out of our Constitution. And we're hoping that your program and others that are far-reaching and have the influence and impact on the community and educating community, they will get it and go to the polls and make the decision to just simply vote yes on this particular amendment. It's bad for business. Historically, it's uh, it's absolutely obnoxious to have it there. These are our sacred documents that we, we, we like to consider our sacred documents that we export across the world, democracy. And so we cannot have this kind of uh, verbiage in our Constitution, in any of our sacred documents. That needs to be addressed. And uh, fortunately, you know, I was able to fight for six long years, and we are addressing it. And we need citizens to go out, early vote, as well as vote Tuesday of next week, and vote yes on Amendment 3. But don't forget to vote for governor. And we said like this, it's not a... It's, it's Democrats and Republicans and independents agree that we all should vote yes on three. Okay? Well, well we all agree right. that we should vote yes on three. Well, and I want to say that one thing that's excited me the most about this is, you know, we're in deeply partisan times. Um, I think the, the rhetoric, the vitriol is people are angry. People are really, really angry on uh, both sides of the aisle. And this is one thing that when you look at this, we're all able, you know, when I first came in and started looking at this campaign, the first thing I said is this has to be bipartisan from the beginning because it was bipartisan in the vote and it's not a partisan issue and yeah. it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and we are able to have, we've got Democrats and Republicans, we've got mayors, everybody from Mayor Harris on up to uh, Glenn, Mayor Glenn Jacobs in Knox County. We've got uh, Chambers of Commerce, Memphis, Nashville, uh, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Williamson County, Kingsport, yeah. Yeah. Lawrence County. We have uh, over 250 clergy members, uh, and I believe our count is up to now three, six, seven, eight, nine bishops that have endorsed this. Well, listen. So, 
something for everybody. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And listen, I got to run, but uh, but 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 I thank you for taking some time to come on and and just kind of explain this to us. And again, uh, it's important to vote. It's important to vote. And, uh, you know, you've given some pretty good reasons as to why folks uh, might want to consider voting yes on three. But uh, Representative Joe Towns and Kathy Chambers, thanks for coming on Real Talk tonight. I really appreciate it. And best of luck on Election Day. Thank Thank you you so much, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Memphis. All right. So, listen, I hope you uh, all uh, got a pretty good explanation. Uh, They did a good job of explaining exactly the what and the why involved in all of this. And we appreciate them for coming on the show. Our final break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about welcoming back an old friend. How about the Kojic Convention? Or, as my next guest says, the Holy Convocation, the 114th version. Kojic is back in the city of Memphis. I'm Chip. Last break, right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? Or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, presenting Dwayne Betts on Thursday, November 10th. Dwayne Betts is an American guitarist and singer-songwriter with a history of performing with the Allman Brothers, Dawes, and Jamtown. Betts is prepping a second solo album, furthering his six-string stories to reflect on a life steeped in blues, rock, and country music. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday evening. And as we uh, alluded to before the break and at the top of the show, uh, an old friend is coming back to the city of Memphis, and uh, it's going to involve thousands of people. Uh, We are talking about the 114th uh, Holy Convocation, Kojic Holy Convocation. And uh, joining me to talk a little bit about all of this is someone that uh, all of us know here in our city, Bishop Brandon B. Porter from the Greater Community Temple Church and also a general board member and instrumental in uh, getting uh, the Kojic Convocation back in the city. Good evening, my friend. Nice to see you. Bless you, my brother. Good to see you, Chip, as well. You work all day long, man. Well, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But listen, uh, you know, but thank you for coming on. Uh, and this is, the, this is a, just, just, just flat out. This is a very big deal. Uh, Ten years plus uh, since uh, the convocation, the Holy Convocation, is uh, here in Memphis. 
How significant right. is, is this, and how are people uh, uh, receiving the news that, that they'll be back here in just a few days? Well, it's extremely significant and uh, just a, a wonderful thing because we've been trying our best to get uh, through the discussions with our General Assembly and, of course, uh, the Church of God in Christ and the city of Memphis, all the partnerships that are necessary to make this amalgamation happen. And so finally it came together. But then right after that, you know, the pandemic hit and it uh, delayed us. We were supposed to have been back in full uh, operations and presentation for our Holy Convocation last year, but we had to end up going virtual because of the pandemic. And everybody's excited now that we can come back and see the saints together in Memphis and get some good old Memphis barbecue and catfish and, and have great fellowship. And then let's experience the glory of God together here in the city of Memphis. Yeah, this is uh, this is something, as you said, that folks have been looking forward to for a long time. And, yeah. uh, you know, St. Louis has had it had it the last several years. And I mean, there really has been an issue ever since it left for it to come back. And uh, you, you you make no bones about the fact that, you know what, we we, we it, it started here. This is home and we want it back. And more importantly, now that we have this opportunity again, we want to show out and show up and really make it something that people are going to want to come back for again and again. Absolutely. We want people to have a great experience. That's what I've been saying to many of our committee members. I headed the committee uh, that uh, Bishop Blake at the time put together for us to uh, go and do our evaluations uh, on what could happen. And Bishop Drew Sheard was on the committee with me. He's now our new presiding bishop. And so we were anxious and uh, along others, meeting with uh, Mayor Strickland and, of course, Kevin Kane uh, to make those negotiations that necessary. Memphis has missed out on the Holy Convocation for the last 10, 11 years. That's 50 plus thousand dollars a year that has been uh, away from Memphis, a uh, 50 plus million dollars, I'm sorry, a year that's been away from Memphis because Koji brings those kind of dollars in in one week's time through the hotels, through you know the restaurants and the various things that we do in shopping. Here in the city of Memphis. So we're glad to be coming back. But also the Church of God in Christ brings, you know, we bring people that pray because pray, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And we're praying for our city and people are congregating. We're having great worship services all over town. So it's a meaningful spiritual time as well. Now, you, you mentioned uh, the economic benefit to, to the city. How many people do you think uh, forecasted to be here? I think uh, maybe, I think I heard you say something where maybe 30,000 maybe? Yeah, we're looking for 30,000, 35,000 people to come. That's a lot of folks. That's a lot of people. And and, and they've been coming now, uh, Chip, for over 100 years. So they know where to go when they get to Memphis. You know, they got family here. Uh, there are probably some people that have property here, you know. And so when you come home, you're willing to stretch out and, and stay in, in, in places that you wouldn't normally just stay in. You know, when you go home, you'll sleep on the floor. So they're they're coming in, and they're glad to be coming back to Memphis but we still want them to have a great experience when they come here to Memphis to our headquarters. Now, you know, to be to be perfectly honest, uh, a, a lot of folks, uh, you know, at the time that they left, uh, you know, here were were not happy, uh, you know, about uh, you know the way we treated we treated each other back in this. And I, you know, very well what I'm talking about. Not right. only from the visitors' perspective, but from from even from the home folks' perspective. So we really need to show ourselves 
worthy of this. And we really need to to roll out the red carpet as the Bluff City, as the home of the Kojic Convocation. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, we definitely want that to happen because, you know, whenever you have this kind of economic impact to a city and then people that are, are of course, uh, uh, understanding the financial uh, benefits, they're considering this to be peak season. And so, so the people that are gouging the system and supply demand becomes to be the dominant uh, rule. And so since you can, you know you're going to sell food, you raise the price because you know it's going to sell anyways. Because our people come and they eat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. They eat food, you know, and uh, they're going to come in and spend monies. And so we don't want the hotels to jump, uh, you know, sky high to the place where it's unaffordable and it's just ridiculous uh, what people are paying for hotels that would normally be $95 are now $250 a sure, night. Sure. And that's not cool. And uh, when well, we can go other places and get better pricing because they're happy to have us come to the city. So listen, uh, one uh, signature event, and I will say signature event because uh, you were the one that uh, created it and came up with it, uh, but it yeah. has been such a blessing uh, to so many people here in our city, and that's called Christmas in November, and I know that you are very proud of that. Talk a yes. little bit about that. That's coming up here in just, in the, uh, just another few days, am I correct? It is, it is. I actually started that uh, event back in 1997 or so, and uh, the presiding bishop at the time was Chandler David Owens and asked me, he said, I want to give out toys to kids, Brandon, what can you do? I said, well, Bishop, we want to give away food, clothes, and toys, and we we'll expand that, and the people were coming in from across the country, we're bringing a lot of items, and now since we back in Memphis, the presiding bishop, J. Drew Shear, asked if I would get that going again in Memphis and we're getting calls chip every day, you know, uh, about uh, what's happening. And I want to thank you and others that are helping us put the word out because the difference between good and great is exposure, right? Mm -hmm. So we're exposing and letting people know that we're blessing people. Kojic wants to not just come back and spend dollars in the restaurants and in the business uh, sector, but also to give gifts, bless people, bless people. So we're giving away brand new stuff thousands and thousands of garments and items. We got household products. If you need Lysol, trust me, we got truckloads. Come over and get what you need. Uh, we got toys for the children. And we're giving away, even in some cases, furniture. Limited on furniture, but it's some good furniture. Mm. Name brand stuff. And then we're giving away appliances, small appliances. And this is going to be on November the 5th, uh, Chip. November the 5th, uh, from the hours of 10 a.m., until 3 p.m. That's this coming Saturday. Yes, sir. And it's going to be held at our Greater Community Temple 5151 Winchester Road location, right there on the corner of Winchester and Castleman. And all are welcome to come. You can go to our website. Uh, that's communityprojectinc.org. Communityprojectinc.org. If any of our people in, please put that in the chat so they can see it. Communityprojectinc.org or kojic.org. They can register online. Uh, and we got families. We got probably already 400 families that have registered online. You can register online. We got volunteers that are coming as well. You can do that online, and we look forward to seeing. But you can also do it in person when you get here uh, that morning. But we're just praying that people come. We got children's zones. There'll be bouncers for kids. We got food trucks, about five or six food trucks already reserved places so they can accommodate people. We'll have some free hot food as well, but then we'll have free vaccinations, 
free booster shots, flu shots, as well as uh, free COVID testing. And then we're giving out free haircuts as well, Chip. We'll give out some free haircuts for you. And you can come get lined up, get shaved up. And we've got barbers that are donating their time just to bless families and people in this season. So come on out. Let's have a good time. Absolutely that. And listen, I, I, I got to get out of here. But listen, I, I just, thank you so much for, for, for what you do uh, on a daily basis, uh, you know, to here here in the city that you live in and that yeah. and that we worship in, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, the Koja conversation uh, con- uh, convocation being here. I'm having a, I've had a hard time with that all day long, for God's sake. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to it, really looking forward. To it. It's gonna be a, gonna be a lot of fun uh, and fellowship, and uh, and I'm just really excited for. All of those folks uh, in the Kojic organization. I really am. Chip, I appreciate you. It's going to be great music. You know, Kojic is known for his exceptional music. Yes, sir. And spiritual sayings. We have great evangelists and others that are giving testimonies just to encourage our young people and others and give them hope. So we'll have messages of hope going forth from our stage. It's going to be a great time. We look forward to you uh, guys coming out. So everybody is welcome. Christmas in November, November the 5th. Yes, sir. Yes. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. And you be safe. And we'll talk soon, okay? Love you, my brother. Love you, too. Thank you so much. All righty. Well, that's going to be very, very exciting. Christmas in November. Check out uh, that. uh, There's everything for everybody out there. And uh, contact the church for more information. So before we get out of here, open the mic. I'm really proud of my my girls here. Uh, They have aspirations to do this radio thing and have for a long time. And both of them actually have shows Uh, on uh, the air that you can listen to. Uh, Of course, uh, Nicole Covington uh, is, is, is one. And of course, uh, you know, DJ Lola, Ayanna Cage is is the other. Uh, They have been with me now for well over a year. They helped to put this show together and I couldn't do it without them. But I wanted to give them a chance to, for a couple of seconds to talk a little bit about the projects. Nicole, uh, you have a show that's coming on this Saturday night. Am I correct? That is correct. All right, tell me, tell me, give me a little bit about that. The, st- the station, the show, the highlights. Give, give me some, give me some highlights on that. Yeah, the show is called Eighty Seven Radio. Uh, it's going to be live on Bumpin' ninety six point three FM, Memphis, at seven o'clock um, every Saturday, starting November fifth, and after that, yeah. Okay, so and it, and you you play what kind of music is it? It's mainly like throwback hip hop, but I mean, we got some new music in there. It's something for everybody: hip hop, R and B rap so all of that you you're gonna have some inter- you're gonna do interviews you're gonna interspersed inter- interviews with that yeah in between in between i want to give like uh memphis artists the chance to like uh have you know have a i mean someone took a chance on me so <laughs> i wanted to extend the platform to give other people the chance you know to uh showcase their craft and you know give them a platform to bring themselves up to well we are going to be listening and and i wish you knew you know i love you and i wish you the best of luck it's gonna be exciting thank you thank it's gonna you, be thank great you. Uh, Lola, uh, in a couple of seconds we have, you have three, two satellite shows on right now, right? Yes, I am on Weekend Radio. That's on the 365 Live, live app, 365 Live. Uh-huh. Weekend Radio, the Weekend Lounge here in Memphis and Nashville. I am on Thursday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. And also uh, Street Madness Radio based out of Atlanta. That's on the Audacity app. That is the Audacity app. And that is on Thursdays at 1.30. Listen, uh, 
Play the theme. Let's get this out of here. But listen, I am so proud of both of you. I am just, I'm like, I feel like a father. I really do. I'm just, I'm just excited for them as they are excited. And you guys support these folks, okay? They're out here doing and living their dreams. And uh, that's what I encourage all the time. So listen, for Lola, for Nicole, and for your humble host, I'm Chip. I'm out. Have a great week. Be safe.